This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, and welcome to another post-match call-in show. You know what, with all the shenanigans that have been going on this weekend, I almost forgot that Liverpool had a game. But um, thank you so much for joining us. This show is brought to you in partnership with Liberty Shield, the perfect VPN companion for all your entertainment and privacy needs, where you can get a massive 25% off everything using the code AIVPN. Liberty Shields offers free VPN apps for iOS, Android, Amazon Fire Stick, Mac and Windows. Now, like I said, completely forgot Liverpool had a game, but business is business. A massive game, um, a massive win against Chelsea as well. 2-0 it finished. And joining me on this podcast, you know, there's a lot of excitement. Also, you know, that boy Tiago, he featured. His song is like an earworm to every Liverpool fan's ears. But joining me on this podcast, I think we've got some callers, but I can't do this by myself, and I've got two incredible guests for you again. So you know what? Without further ado, let me introduce them to you. First up, I'm actually very excited because I have not done a podcast with this guy in a very, very long time. And we used to work together a lot back in the day. So it is an honor and a privilege to have back the host of Rate Don't Hate, Kaylon. Kay, how are you doing? I am absolutely off my head, Nina. I am so excited, uh, both about being on NKS, but I mean, got to see Thiago in a Liverpool shirt today. I can't do anything with myself. I'm actually just like running around my room, bouncing off the fucking walls. But I'm really happy to be potting with you again, and it's been just far too long. It has. I'm so excited. When I, you know, when I got the message that you're going to be on, I was super excited. And you know what? The next guest, he's a bit of a good omen too, because the last time I had him on this show, we beat a team wearing blue. He's a bit of a voyeur on Discord. He only joins the chat when his American buddies are on the show. But it's great to have him on the show. It is a contributor to the um, uh, to the AI USA podcast. It is Kev Hegarty. Kev, how are you doing? I had a feeling I was going to take a shot at some point in this, but right up front. Right up front. It, no messing about. Me out. I'm super excited to be here. It is a great match to be talking about. I'm excited to be back with Kay. Kay, I haven't talked to you in a long time. 
um yeah so i'm just really excited to get into it and talk some football yeah and the last time you were on it was leicester right blue team uh yeah yeah i did <laughs> i was on a i was on a run of me and uh is it reese was on yes, and every yes, time it we was. were on together we kept winning so Hold on. So you can't remember people's names, Nina, but you remember when the fuck they were on shows. That's crazy shit, man. That's. I told you, I'm the fountain of all useless knowledge. (laughs) Yeah. You have a kindred spirit in me. (laughs) Right, guys, you know what? Before we go anywhere, and there's plenty to talk about, and I know you've had a very, very exciting weekend, and I've got to pull you back in a little. We've got some callers as well, but before I go anywhere, I just want to get your thoughts on that game. I mean, Kay, I'll come to you first. I know you've got radar here. You'll have time to digest things and get some numbers out there in terms of player performances. But from last week where the game was really erratic and really everywhere, and you're like, oh, my God. And, you know, um, how do you feel this week? Clean sheet, two goals. It looks so simple. Your thoughts? Well, I think this was the big test because the whole thing, like every time we started a new game, even preseason, there was the whole thing of, well, Liverpool have conceded quite a lot since they've won the league. And as a Liverpool fan, you're always going, well, yeah, they've won the league. They're obviously going to take their foot off the accelerator. What is there to excel towards? And, uh, you know, starting the new season, you come in and that first game against Leeds, so many goals go in and you just start wondering a little bit like maybe, ooh, you know, we need to get some uh, defensive organization going a little bit and stuff like that. And despite the XG models, I, I understand like Leeds had almost nothing on XG and, you know, they still managed to get the three goals in. But what I loved about the performance this time was it felt so well managed. It just felt like we kept them at arm's length. It felt like the pressure we put on Chelsea was an entirely different pressure to Leeds. Leeds looked like they they, they were reacting by sort of loading up their front line and leaving their, their defense a little bit um a little bit open, Chelsea looked like they were just going to keep it so tight and wait for us to make a mistake. And you can wait for a, a team to make a mistake if they are making defensive mistakes and there is a question about the defensive organization and basically nothing went wrong. Obviously, we're going to talk about the penalty and that kind of stuff probably late in the show. But man, the way we kept them at arm's length, we just held them on the pitch for so long. I thought that was the pressure that eventually told. And I know it was two defensive areas on Chelsea's side. But the way we just kept, we just kept Chelsea there. We just kept on playing. We never got flustered. And for me, it was just everything was positive today. I was so happy. Absolutely. And Kev, I'll come to you, you know, from being absolutely batshit crazy last week. And, you know, we were kind of making our own, own, own errors. I think Kev's absolutely hit the nail on the head. You know, watching that game, I was just actually quite relaxed throughout. Yeah, he was, uh, Kev's pretty spot on there. In the beginning, it was a bit, I mean, I think if it was Keem or somebody in the in the chat during the match was saying it looks like Chelsea are the away team. Like they just sat in, kept it tight, which I totally understand playing against a team like us. But they've got some superstars on their team now, and it was, um, I guess, a bit disappointing to see from them. I guess, um, but yeah, we were patient. Uh, no one got frazzled. We were, we knew it was going to be kind of turgid, and then. You know, we kept probing. We they made a couple mistakes. It looks like we could have, with a couple of better decisions, we could have went up um, early. But um, and then a you know a great ball and a mistake, and and then we just then after the red card, we just battered them. And bringing on world class talent definitely doesn't hinder our chances in any way. So yeah, it was I was happy with pretty much everybody today, even before the red card. Um, I just kept saying, yeah, we're okay, we're okay. We'll just wear them down. Um, it's just a patience game and then uh, patience eventually paid off and then the floodgate sort of opened on on our side 
Absolutely, absolutely. It was um, uh, so much fun to watch. And, uh, you know, subscribers who are joining us live, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we really appreciate it. Keep keep chatting to us. Keep us interactive. You know, if you've got any questions, any thoughts, we'd love to hear from you guys. Also, um, obviously, I'm not watching uh, post-match stuff. So if you see Frank Lampard having a, a meltdown, I'd really appreciate it. If you can keep me updated. I'd love that so much. Um, I think we have a caller, so I'm going to go to the first one. It's a familiar voice on the Nina Kauza show. Um, I'm quite happy to have him back on. It is G's on Toast. Welcome to the show. Hi, how's it going? Really good. How are you, Nick? I know yeah, your name. Really good. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. No, really good. Yeah. What a great game. Yeah. So, uh, sorry I couldn't be here for the first game, but um, I was uh, I was busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about, um, Fabinho really. I thought that he was absolutely brilliant today. I mean, he, he's not really, it's not really his normal position playing in center back, but he, he literally stomped all over that Chelsea attack today. Um, it, it, his missus, uh, tweeted out that he's the man of the match and, uh, and I totally agree. Um, I thought personally for, um, he, 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 the the key moment in the game was um, around I think it was in the twentieth, between the twentieth and the twenty fifth minute, when Werner broke through and 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 he was like completely clear through on Allison and uh, Fabinho and and Van Dijk were, were quite some distance away, but they managed to make up the ground on him and he, Werner tried to turn inside and Fabinho just wiped him out, you know, and. Uh, if I can have a bit of a, a Mando-style rant, I want to say that, you know, I thought that was a real fucking yes moment. You know, fuck you, Werner. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you didn't want to fucking come here. Well, fuck off. You So, yeah. So, Fabinho is uh, is my man of the match, and I, and I thought he did really well today. So, and, and, you know, and then you talk about fourth-choice centre-back. Do we need one with Fabinho doing that? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's Klopp's decision, but I think Fabinho was just absolutely fantastic today. There you go. He was. He was absolutely brilliant. And uh, Kay, I'll come to you first because naturally team lineup, and of course Gomez is out with injury and Matip is out with an injury as well. You see Fabinho, you know, one of our first names that we look for in that midfield um, uh, being moved into, um, you know, centre-back position. And I think there was a lot of um, online social media, you know, chit-chat about, oh, Fabinho against Werner, you know, like genuine concerns, which you can understand because like we've all alluded to, this Chelsea team is great. They've bought some great players. And I think Nick has absolutely nailed it. I mean, it was a really, really, it was almost like a baptism of fire. Let's be honest, Werner is a very, very skilled player. And Fabinho did really well, looked really competent, looked very, looked like he was part of a, a good unit. It was almost like him and Virgil van Dijk have played together in that position. But then, on on the flip side to that, I feel like his everything was far more relaxed, like in the second half after the sending off and stuff. But for me, I thought Fabinho taking on that role, he did it so well. And I think it's something that people have been alluded to about Fabinho that we might have to rely on him as a centre back if we don't get one. Yeah, and you, and you can see why those calls are so well founded. Um, I would I would still like us to get a, uh, a you know another centre back yes. for that position, just because yes. uh, you know you want. I, th- I think somebody posted something where our fourth centre-back regularly plays something like 700 minutes a season. And, uh, you know, if we could 
if if we are going to not play Fabinho in, uh, in in his midfield position, I'd like him to get some rest or something like that. But as you say, Nins, wow. Um, the, the the issue I had and uh, the, the problem with not the problem, the potential problem with putting Fabinho there is we play such a high line um, to compress the field, obviously, and there's such a big gap that goes behind. And you look at why Klopp does that, and it's because we've got you know very quick centre backs who can fill in that uh, that distance. We've got a really good goalkeeper who covers really well. But when you put somebody like Fabinho in there and you're going like, uh, you know, not having maybe the the positional awareness of somebody like Matip who's so used to playing in that position, I'm, I'm a tiny bit worried about what's going to happen if the ball is played in behind and Werner is on you. You know, and are you going to, because they're definitely going to attack from that side. They usually don't, um, don't target uh, Virgil and, you know, they're going to deal with you. I was just, he was immense today. Uh, I mean, with all the performances on the field, even with Mane, I agree with the Fabinho man in the match calls because every single time Werner had the ball, with all the, the, the hype and stuff and, and absolutely warranted hype, he's a really good player. But every single time Werner got the ball, it, it was a couple of things. Like when, when Fabinho was near him, he just waited. He just waited for Werner to do something before very calmly relieving him of the ball in the just the calmest way possible and when he was a couple of steps behind he would come in at exactly the right time to take the ball off and I, I don't think he's he made one you know one really notable mistake in that lineup to come in and just play so absolutely seamlessly against an attack that's been so hyped you know there's a lot of a lot of talk about it. And because they're really good players, Werner looks absolute fire in that role, particularly with his pace. And if you let him get behind, it's, there's every chance he's going to, uh, going to score, let alone create a really good opportunity. So when you see Fabinho do that time and time again in a position, he, he you know, I, I don't know. I don't think the, the Gomez injury happened very long before a uh, kickoff. You know, essentially, mm-hmm. I think that's what the... Uh, to, and then to just come in and do that. Wow. Mm. Uh, I thought it was just absolutely excellent. I don't think there's more I could say about his performance today. Absolute gargantuan performance. Absolutely. And Kev, it felt like as well, like they were kind of trying to target that side as well. And, you know, he looked so competent. And we look back at Liverpool, we've kind of experimented with midfielders as centre-back. You know, Brendan Rodgers did it with Emre Jan. Um, Jurgen Klopp even did it with Ginny Wijnaldum and Emre Jan against Brighton. You know, we've we've done it in the past, but you know, you know, it was a needs must today, and you know, against you know a, a top team. Let's be honest. So, you know, your thoughts on on the whole situation, and I am actually with them. Um, with uh, Ke- um, K there in terms of um, we do I do want another defender because I'd I'd like to be um you know I'd like to have stock in 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 the right areas for the right positions. Yeah, totally agree. Um, yeah, I wouldn't like to see Fab get overworked. And, and and I mean, to be honest, if we saw a midfielder sitting in the back line, that's who we would target as well. It's just you don't always have a midfielder that's this talented <laughs> that goes into – I mean, I, I have a feeling Fab would be okay up front as well. He's just – he seems to be really talented in every position. And obviously, defensive midfielder, there isn't much better on the planet. I mean, you can make the argument for a couple, but um, – you know, that's where I want to see him. So even when I saw the team sheet come out, I was like, uh, I mean, we don't have an alternative. So I assumed that would be the case, but you get a little worried because as Kay said, Werner's excellent. Um, he, uh, I'm not going to pretend he's not. He had uh, absolute supernova year last year and he's been great before that. And it's just, 
that would worried me and and that was the target and there was battles there and early on we were talking in the um in the discord chat like even gag said if he if he gets you know if this happens nine or ten times in a match Vern is going to win one just because he's he's a talented guy you know fab may mm. not go 10 for 10 and he did he did though yeah, I know. <laughs> did, but we got away with it. Yeah, and he, yeah, he got in. Um, kind of weird, fluky, flicked off a of fab a little bit, but you know that can happen, and um, mm. could happen to anybody. But they, uh, and he got in, and we got away with it. And just fab, he looked. He just never looks flustered as well. He's just one of these guys that just glides across the pitch, and everything. He seems like almost like that messy aura of like I'm not really doing anything, but I'm doing everything. Like that sort of doesn't look like he's interested but he just he just does everything and the, he was excellent today and there's not much more i can add to that um i i would like another center back if if only to save his legs a little bit you know d- defensive midfielder okay. is his best position um mm. if he is the fourth choice you know for now fine but we have two center backs that tend to get we have one terminator and if he gets hurt we we have a bigger problem but we have two that tend to get hurt and need to be rotated, um, and we manage them well. But having only three is an issue for a big club, especially one that's going for for titles all the time. But I mean, the, the pray I can give I can't give enough praise to him today. He was he was fantastic. I'm itching to get in here because um, I've never seen a um, a centre back press so much. He was literally front foot today mm-hmm. the whole time. He and, did. He was uh, following Werner around, oh, yeah. following and, Havertz around in the beginning. Yeah, just coming out of line, and Van Dyke was yeah. kind of hanging back, where usually he pushes up a little bit more. It was kind of interesting to see. I think he made some really good, um, some really good points that um, that no, that Hendo was leaving gaps. So when when um, uh, Fab was doing that in behind him, there was no one, I and mean, we were getting caught a few times because of him moving out of position. But you know, the six should be really covering that, and he wasn't. But it's, that's a different point, point of view. The the positive part was that Fab literally sat on top of of Werner, and maybe it's a nice little blueprint for other teams if they've got someone who can do that as well as Fab to try and shut down Werner because he was he was struggling, he was struggling to get away. I mean, I think Werner's got loads of quality though, so he'll probably change his tact or do something different. He's got so much pace, great touch. Um, it's a shame we didn't get him. I, w- I will say that much. You don't want to um, shit on him too much, but he was Fab's bitch today, and um, that's that's a fact. There's there's no way around it. Unfortunately, I thought he was he was absolutely monstrous um, for Binho today, and he he he, he, w- he sat in that position. And it, when it was eleven against eleven as well, not just because we went they went down to ten men, but before that, yes, that's why he was really impressing me. To he be was fair, superb, mm-hmm. absolutely superb. So, yeah. Because after that, I felt like they kind of lost all their attacking kind of nounce, you know, after they went 10 men down, you know, they they looked even more conservative. It was before they went 10 men down, you know, went down to 10 men, that 10 men down, down to 10 men, fucking hell, Nina, pull yourself together, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Went down to 10 men, that's, before that, I thought that's when they were trying to have a little cop at him. Um, I thought he was exceptional and I don't want to give any spoilers away from Man of the Match. We'll save that till the end. But, you know, Nick has kind of come out there and confirmed that that is his Man of the Match. So um, I'll, I'll throw that into consideration towards the end. Nick, I'll bring you back in, let you have the final say. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, agree, I agree with what everyone else has said, really. I think the situation on the centre-backs is, is going to be interesting. I thought that in... Um, you know, pre-season, like this uh, big Billy Kay, 
Billy Cometios suddenly appeared after being injured for a long time, and he seems to have jumped ahead of everyone um, in in the youth and reserves in terms of potentially filling that fourth centre back spot. You know, if it isn't Fabinho, but um, but 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 no one's really seen much of him yet. So you know, maybe it's a, a season too early to to say that. So yeah, maybe a fourth centre back is needed. Um, but yeah, for the rest of the game, I thought the sending off was correct. Um, I thought Kepa was terrible on the second goal. And the second half was generally pretty comfortable. Um, and, and and to feed into the sort of the, the whole chat about Thiago, I think the, the, only, what, the only thing I want to say is I, I don't know how much blame can go on Thiago for the penalty because, I mean, he did run into the other guy, but did he really touch him? I'm not sure. But, you know... There you go. Talk about Thiago and uh, and that situation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We will talk about Thiago in uh, um, uh, with with our next caller. But Nick, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on again. Consistency, I love it. No worries. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Wonderful, wonderful. Right. So um, we are going to be joined by our second caller, who should have been our first caller, but this won't be the Nina Casa show without an epic cock-up. But he's been waiting patiently. Uh, he wants to talk about his guy. I mean, I suppose I better introduce him. You've probably heard him on, on the Newsround podcast, the gags talking about that boy, Tiago. It's, um, it's an honour to have on. Um, Hakeem, Hakeem, welcome back to the Nina Casa show. Oh, it's a pleasure to join you guys on this Beautiful saucy day. Saucy day. <laughs> <laughs> do you get? Do you guys smell that? Yeah. Take take a whiff. Take a taste. <laughs> oh, the pure sauce. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me stop waffling. So, <laughs> I wanted to call in to to just say, guys, this this is just a this is just a taste of what we're gonna get from Tiago. I mean, obviously, he gave the penalty away, so it, you know, it wasn't wasn't a flawless performance, and a few of his passes were were wayward. But just from his his touches, I'm sure everyone could see that this guy is absolutely immense. I mean, Hakeem, just to come into you there, um, uh, were you surprised to see him sort of been bought on um, in the second half, like so quick? And I think. You know, when when you do, were you kind of impressed with how he kind of, or did you expect it for him to be so commanding? Because he literally had a, he dominated that midfield. You'd think he's played before for Liverpool. Well, cheeky plug for AI Pro. Um, as I mentioned on on the News Round podcast, this is a guy that can come in and, well, he he probably has come in and and all the other lads have seen that he's the best player at the club, technically you know, passing anything with the ball. So I mentioned that Klopp probably didn't want to throw him into the deep end. But considering that we had to, you know, make a few shifts in the in the starting lineup because of injuries, it made all the sense in the world that he would come on. And, and just from his little cameo, you could see that he just, he controls the team. He just, he has this commanding presence, not in the stature of, of Virgil or Allison, but just the way he, he moves the ball and just dictates the tempo. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. So I wasn't surprised at all. I was kind of expecting it at some point later in the game, but considering uh, Hendo's knock that he picked up, it made all the sense in the world to, to bring him on to bring him on at halftime. 
Absolutely. And Kay, I'll, I'll come to you first on this one. I mean, give me your thoughts on um, just seeing Tiago. I mean, I when I was watching him, I went for, you know, you've got um, Hakeem there talking about sauce. I, I was watching the guy and I went full Desi. Every time he touched the ball, I kept saying, wow, gee, wow, which translates to wow or wow loosely, I think. Gags and Harindo <laughs> probably pulled pull me to shreds and saying you've completely butchered that translation. But literally, I was just in awe of him. <laughs> You know, so, I mean, give me your thoughts. I mean, how exciting is it to have that kind of play? I think, you know, before we got into the podcast, Gags kind of played a little bit of a snippet of um, a Sadio Mane interview, kind of saying, well, he's he's world-class, he's world-renowned. We know what he's all about. And for me, like, when you play that Chelsea team and, you know, you've got the likes of Conte and those kind of players, I think this guy just completely changes the complexion of that midfield for us. I, you felt it, didn't you? I mean, when, when it was announced, we've been waiting so long for the announcement when it came through. I couldn't, it was, there was a little bit of disbelief, right? That, that this guy is coming on to play yes. that off. I think <laughs> I was like the both of you. I didn't, uh, I mean, especially because of Klopp and how he has introduced players into the Liverpool team in the past. Um, I was watching the game with my girlfriend and she's like, you know, do you think Thiago will play today? I was like, nah, he's probably sitting on the bench to observe. Yes. And uh, I'm sure he needs a couple of sessions to integrate more. I mean, the guy's mm. just gotten off the plane, basically. We used to clap in terms of like, I'm going to take my time with you. I'll take my time. You you just uh, sit down and I'll let you know exactly what you want from me. I, I did think there were a couple of things in that which was so um surprising for me to be able to to see how the rest of the team reacted to him but um there were lots of memes going around um uh, your social media uh, since we've gotten tiago you know tiago makes a five-yard pass and all liverpool fans will go like oh my god did you see that bam and it was like that it was like that i won't lie when he was on he's like oh my god he stopped the ball did you see it that was so close you see how he stopped the ball oh my god i'm gonna have a baby <laughs> like a brand new boy. did you see that you know like a brand new born. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can just serve me on toast now. He's just made a five-yard pass. But like, what what I thought was so exceptional was, I mean, how calm he was while controlling the pace. He, you know, the he he would advance the pace of the game while just looking like he normally does, making a very standard like um, uh, diagonal pass, you know, kind of thing, and getting the ball back with the same sort of swagger. He just dink it over the top and totally take out two or three players. What I thought was really interesting, though, is that it looked at times like the rest of the team was wondering where they wanted them, where, where he wanted them. You sort of, the, the, you know, Thiago would be on the ball and pass it. By the way, he was pointing his fingers around, wasn't he? Like, there, there. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, and they were like, here, you want me to go here? I'll go, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a little dance. <laughs> what do you want me to do? You want me to get some pom-poms? Um, and I was, oh, it was, it was so great. Imagine, imagine when this guy gets to know our system a bit better. It's going to be overs. Overs, get overs. It's going to be so great. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was, it was the culmination of such a long transfer saga to see him in the flesh, enjoying himself. And even those little snippets of when, um, when the, the Chelsea defender got his red card and how he's jumping off the bench. I was like, this guy is so in control. He really wanted to be here. He's, he's absolutely already feeling like he's part of the team. And I think he moved for the sake of being part of this sort of club movement. You know, he, he really wants to feel the romance and the family. He, he, he's obviously very well uh, acquainted with Anfield and, and what it means. He, he sort of 
already understands what the fans mean to the club and what the club means to the fans. He wants to be part of that. He wants to be part of the club revolution. And and it was it was absolutely just sensational, sensational to see him bring it on the field. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, this is just a little sneak peek of what we have in store. I mean, Kev, I'm going to come to you because, like, I'm, you're a guy that always in Discord always has some kind of numbers for me and things. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Gags and people have been putting numbers in. So, I mean, what impressed you about him? Yeah, I mean, so the big one doing the rounds now originally was he completed 75 passes in 45 minutes, which was Jeez. larger than the entire Chelsea team. So he he had more completed passes than the entire than anybody on on Chelsea, and he only played 45 minutes. But that's not where that stat ends. That's actually the most completed passes of any player in 45 minutes since they started to collect the stats in 0304. Oh my god! <laughs> so that's our first 45 minutes with this man, and he's already broken a record. So it's um it's impressive, and he just. Yeah, it was kind of like fanboy, uh, fanboying with him. It, one, he looks great in red, first of all. Let's just get that out of the way. Two. Do you both have a man crush on him as well? Because everyone has a man crush on him. Oh, I do. So bad. I, I do. And I have for a long time. But I've only ever seen, I, I've seen him play and been impressed with sort of his technical ability, obviously. And, and even when he was injured or getting injured at, at Bayern, like early on, everybody was like, if this guy was fit, he's the best midfielder in the world, you know? And he's that type of aura about him. And for us to sign him, and, and Gags has been talking about it for days now since the, you know, we sort of got the news and the pods were being released. Like this is the first, everybody else we've signed have been great or good and we've made them great. And now they're world-class. This guy is coming in the finished article and that's new for this sort of Klopp era. Even Van Dyke, who we knew was excellent, didn't have the kind of prestige around him that this guy does. Well, yeah, and we got some shit for the amount we paid for him as well. Oh, you yeah. bought a defender from Southampton. It did. It happened, people. And right. The, the and top he's, pundits were doing he's it. The best, he's the best, uh, mm. you know, he's the best center back in the league and arguably in the world. And um, yeah, and but Tiago comes in the finished article. And you can see, as we said, he's thrown in right at the beginning. He's only been training with us a couple of days. And as Kay said, the players in the pitch are like, where do you want me to be? Where do you want me to be, dad? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that, that sort of thing. And But there's also this mutual respect because you can see sometimes Tiago was like, ah, I saw you run late. I'm sorry. That kind of thing. Like, and, Yeah, there's you know, no like, arrogance about it. Like I'm a bull. No guy. arrogance at all. Yeah. And that's what I was mm-hmm. trying to get at. Like I've seen him from a technical point of view, but now I can kind of get glimpses of the personality as well with some of the pre-interview stuff and the media work that they did. But now in the match as well, one, he looks like he's having fun, which everybody on our team usually looks like they're having fun. And there was a couple of moments, and I can't remember if it was like Milner or Mane or Rabo, but somebody down the left, they played like this little one-two in between, and it got picked up by Chelsea, and they took away. And and uh, Thiago just kind of looked at him and gave him a smile like, that. Ah, we almost got that one, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, it, it, he's just, he's so much fun to watch. And he, he's just... He's in complete control and he's better than a lot of midfielders I've ever seen. But I keep going like you kind of relate him back to midfielders, you know. So it's like he has that. I know where everybody is on the pitch, like shabby Alonzo side to him. He also has the I'm complete. My spatial awareness is excellent. Fabinho side to him. He has that. I'm never going to be flustered. Van Dyke side to him. Like there's just so many things that he has going on for him. And I can't believe this is only. 45 minutes and you know um, the biggest thing he has going for him as well the the timing of playing him here and i think we were saying at the end yes i was going to read his comment what it shows is um 
No, one minute. Let me finish my point. What it shows is <laughs> that um, Fuck you. the fucking fear factor <laughs> Liverpool playing him at that time. The fear factor now with Liverpool is going to be through the roof. Right. Absolutely through the roof. Arsenal coming to Anfield next week are shitting themselves well, after an absolutely disgusting next. performance against West Ham. They struggled with West Ham. Mm-hmm. Right. What's going to happen to them next week? Motherfuckers, so, bring it, Arteta and boys, because you're getting fucked. <laughs> so as Kay was saying, there was all these memes going around that, you know, Liverpool's going to be every time there's a five-yard pass, we're going to be like, oh, my God, did you see what he did? Or like, he stopped the ball, that sort of thing. But now he's done this 45 minutes, and I think the rest of the league is going, ah, oh, fuck. Because he's <laughs> so excellent. I mean, it's against 10 men, but now you have that weapon against 10 men and you can use that weapon against 11 men as well um it's it's frightening to think what the formations that Klopp could play with now and there's weapons all over the park and if we figure out the center back you know third or fourth try center back we're stacked now and it's it's going to be fun it does. It provides so much tactical flexibility. And, you know, just going back to Lubo's comment that Gags kind of touched on as well, it actually was the perfect time to play Tiago against 10 men sitting deep, needing him to move the ball and control the tempo. Guys, whilst we're talking about Tiago, I guess we've got to talk about, yeah, he was, he was phenomenal. But, you know, of course, you know, I, obviously I watched the game on Sky, penalty conceded, they kind of moving their hats. Oh, he's a little late there, blah, blah, blah. I'll talk to me about that because for me, it was, yeah, there was a teeny weeny bit of contact, but then for me, it looked like, and I'm not being biased. I've seen them given any kind of, contact, but for me, he went down after he connected with the ball. Like it was, it was a slow thing for me. So, I mean, was it a penalty for you? They gave it. I just shrugged my shoulders. I just thought, yeah, whatever. Um, but, but your thoughts, I mean, will he learn? I mean, is that something that he's going to have to be? something that he's going to have to learn and adapt and kind of change. I mean, great confidence booster for Alisson who saved the penalty. My God, this weekend has been batshit crazy. Alisson even <laughs> saves the penalty, you know, everything's going up. So, um, Kev, I'll come to you first on this one. I mean, I thought it was a really, really soft call. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. You're giving I mean, it. I don't give a shit, but it was a soft one. I think I felt the same as you. It was like, meh, you know, I've seen that given. But I mean, it was... He rushed back to help, you know, and and he got there a little late, but I mean, he brushed him. But again, if you're moving at pace, I mean, I don't know. There's it's it's complicated, but it's like I didn't think they're all being given this year, man. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's like meh, it's fine. And then I was kind of worried because for all the things that Allison's great at, he's not great at saving penalties. I mean, we, he doesn't face a, a lot either, but. And then he saves this one. One, it was a shit penalty, but he guessed the right way anyway. But you're talking about a weak penalty. Nothing beats AUs. I used yesterday. Oh my God, it was a Mr. <laughs> Burns-esque. What the fuck? Do you miss leg day? I could not believe that. I pissed myself <laughs> That was hilarious. You know? <laughs> yeah, so bad. I mean, they're all going to be given, as Gag said, those kind of soft ones. So I was like, eh, whatever. We'll, we'll deal with it. I, I wasn't worried. I honestly didn't think anybody would save it, but it's fine. But yeah, I mean, it was, it, it's weak, but I think Lubo put early on, he said, I'm not convinced that Tiago because he gave away a penalty already, but <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say something about um, Kara on uh, Sky. He just have been talking about um, the man we're talking about, Tiago, and he said, uh, I wouldn't get too carried away with that against 10 men for Tiago. Goes, Maybe he's trying to manage expectations. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to be 
maybe he's trying to be like unbiased. There's there's a there's a level of unbiasedness, yeah. You see, Neville comes on, and he, if that was someone in the United States, Neville's appalling. He said, "No, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. You need to you, you got to take sides here, man. This is your Liverpool team, your Everton fan. You're showing it now, mate. But basically, that was a fantastic performance, no matter what. Yeah. When people say there were ten men, there was with ten men. There's actually less space for your forwards. It's bullshit when they say there's too much, there's more space. What, where? We weren't playing. There was no transition. If we, if they were attacking, there'd be more space. There, there are literally 10 men behind the ball, even deeper. It's harder to get behind them. Yet we looked like we were getting behind, in behind them every second of that second half. Mm. It was unbelievable. And it was all with him just being on that pitch, making that space, letting players run off him. Ah, oh, it was just tremendous. It was tremendous. It's absolute nonsense that you can't put that second half down to him. We probably would have struggled to break them down yeah. second half without him. That's the difference a player like he, him makes. We always, no, used, we always used to say what? we can't break these guys down. We can't break a low block down. What gags? What I thought? What I thought happened was in that first half. I thought Chelsea played hundred percent at their. You know, what, whatever they could get done, they could get done to a hundred percent. And I thought they were looking at us and were a little bit frightened. Uh, like I thought anything they had, we'd, we, we would, we were dealing with. And any, every time we just lost the ball or something like that, it would be totally brushed off. Every time we won the ball through a press and there were a few times when you forced them into mistakes, it was like this expectation. That yes, this is what happens when you play. This is how we play. We are used to this. You are not a special team. And that's why I thought the mistakes were caused by that intimidation of you have to be 100% on your game absolutely all the time to play Liverpool. You're not getting anything for free. And then the mistake came when, you you know, Sadio's through on goal and the defender's running behind him and is thinking about it. If I give this guy one sniff, we are out. That is less than 100%. We are totally out. And then Thiago comes on. Nah, man. Chelsea were running. Chelsea were running. and They, they, they started losing um, a, a bit of stuff positionally as well just because they, they sort of didn't want the ball to go into that, uh, into that space where Thiago was. They, they were just... It was, it was intimidation. And then you bring on Thiago. Oh, man. Come on. Come on, it's finished now. <laughs> that's what, that's what, that was my feeling on the game, to be honest. I just thought they got too rattled. Yeah, it was a very sort of Mourinho-esque approach from, from Frank. It was kind of, we'll, we'll defend to the best of our ability here, we'll keep them out of the space, and then we'll let our talented players up front do their thing. And to be honest, if you have Timo Werner and Kai Havertz running at you, that should cause you issues. But uh, I think Havertz might need some time to settle. But They're excellent players, but they just, as Kay said, they threw... They were maximizing themselves to keep us out, and um, and we were just calm and and waited, and eventually it paid off. Nin, do you think the psychology of bringing on a Tiago at half time could break a team as well? Absolutely, man. And it gives. I'm I'm sorry. Like, can you imagine? Like, a world class player comes off the bench. Imagine what it does to the players on the pitch for you, and imagine what it does to the opposition. How do you compete with that? He's going to completely control that midfield. You're not going to, not only are you going to have to deal with, because what happened with Liverpool in the past was, I mean, before Naby, I mean, like we're seeing good bits of Naby Keita now, you know, certainly when Project Restart happened, where he was dribbling through the middle. 
And th- there was a bit of injection in terms of creativity through the middle of the park. But usually we never have it with the likes of Henderson and the likes of Ginny Wijnaldum. We don't usually see it. Fabinho has a thunder bastard in him. We know Henderson has now decided to ping a few crosses. That ball to um, Sadio Mane, by the way, that got um, uh, um, oh, yeah. Christensen sent off was absolutely goal- gorgeous. Let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. But as a whole, our creativity comes from the wide areas. You- you're going to have a guy and, you know, Hakeem will testify to this. And from what we've been seeing, he's just going to ping balls precision. It's going to, there's going to be a sense of urgency to the, to the attackers. So teams are going to have to deal with another kind of threat. We're not going to be as predictable to play against. I mean, I don't know if Hakeem wants to come in and say yay or nay to anything. Or if you guys have a comment on that. Get Keen. I think that's... Yeah, let's get Hakeem. Uh, (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Just just, just a quick side note. In in defense of Kara, but not really, I can understand him calling out the, the, you know, the overexcitement of the performance because probably 10 to 12 of his passes were you know, just sideways passes where his teammates just wanted to give him a touch of the ball. But if anyone is really paying attention, no one cares about those passes. We're focused on, you know, those little reverse passes, no-look passes that he was playing directly, you know, those vertical passes playing directly to our forwards, you know, into into Ginny's feet, into Bobby's feet. That's what's important. So we're not... He doesn't hook the ball as well, does he? He gets it, looks up and plays something. That's what I noticed with him. He doesn't hold on to it. It, Mm. He's not. He's not trying to look like the best player. You know, a lot of other players in the league, people they have their fan. They have their fanboys that say, "Oh, this player is amazing. This, that player is amazing," because they try to look like they're doing a lot. We, we look at Arsenal's performance yesterday. Dani Ceballos was trying too hard to look like he was doing something for them. This is what we're getting in in Thiago. He's not a player that's going to try to show you he's the best player. He's just going to play his game, and you'll see it come out. You know. Oh, I'll, just to go back as well, uh, you just mentioned something you know, I wanted to touch on. What was it? Definitely forgot. I talk so much shit. You're going to feel uh, You know, like, what did I say? You were bringing up in the chat, like how Thiago, aside from the offensive side of the game where he knows where everybody is, and he plays these one-time passes, like just spreading the ball, mm-hmm. keeping it moving, recycling, and, and moving forward, and that confuses defenses. But on, on the other side, you mentioned in the chat how he celebrated a tackle in the middle of the match. Uh, yes, yes. So, uh, as again, another plug for 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 you guys to become subscribers and listen to our AI Pro podcast. I mentioned on the newsroom podcast that this isn't a guy that just wants to play those passes. You know, he 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 tracks runners. He's he's looking for danger. He's in, making a lot of interceptions and. Again today, we'll see a little clip floating around on Twitter where he's celebrating his his, his tackle that he won, um, close to the left touch line. So this is what we're getting. We're getting an all around player that's that's gonna. I don't I don't know if I can wax lyrical enough in terms of how he's gonna transform this team. This is this is the elite elite level. We we've we've performed really well over the last three years. This is gonna establish Liverpool Football Club. This version of the team as one of the best ever. Oof. Well, Hakeem, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. And guys, um, if you want to listen to like a really in-depth chit-chat with Hakeem and Gags, it is on the News Round podcast. You have to be an AI Pro subscriber. We'll give you details at the end. I'm sure Gags will let you know how you can do that. 
Um, Kev and Kay, I'll let you have your final say on Tiago before we kind of move forward to our next caller. Anything? Can't wait. Can't wait to see what happens. I'm so excited. It is stupid. I could probably power the entirety of Johannesburg at this point. <laughs> Just the, the <laughs> tiny vibrations coming off of my body. But I, 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 I think that's probably everybody's. I can't wait to see him start. I can't wait to see how he's used by Klopp and what he does for this team. I can't wait for him to to hook up with the front three and and just uh, I, I cannot be excited enough, basically. Yeah, seconded. There's not much I can say about the guy. He, as I said in the beginning, he's he's coming in the finished article. He just has to learn our system a little more. And if he, he does learn our system a little more, just watch out. Absolutely right. Um, we're going to go on to our next caller. A little bit of intro for him. Listen, yeah, we're going to win the league. <laughs> it's Del. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I think you scared him off. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you. Right? How you doing? Oh, we're good, thank you. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, yeah, so we'll just watch the game. Absolutely buzzing, 2-0. Uh, the main man, Thiago, was on the pitch. He looked an absolute... As in, um, the guy just oozes class. Every time he had the ball, the way how he just, um, you know, just pushed the play forward, pushed it back, moved plays side to side and all that sort of stuff. It was just absolutely amazing. Another little insight there. More, more, more Del loving. <laughs> <laughs> Let Del watch Del, We just literally covered him. <laughs> You know what? I actually said we're gonna have closure on Tiago. Del comes in, he's like, "Fuck you!" I love my say. You know, I'm gonna mess things up. That's what you guys think. Thank you so much, Del. We um, I'm glad you're enjoying him as well, guys. But, you know what? Let's. But I'll tell you guys the one thing as well. Yeah, I am looking forward to seeing uh, Diego Jota uh, in this team as well. Uh, you know, he'll give us great flexibility in games like, say, today where. Fifamina was a bit abject, to say the least. I know he felt he wanted the goal, but he was very quiet today. Um, a player like Gideo Jota will be more penetrative um, in the box and so and so forth. So, you know, just a great coup that, you know, we were able to get him as well over the line. Uh, it's just onwards and upwards, three points, three points. We had six points ahead of City already. Uh, the fresh is on Pep. Uh, you know, he has to beat Wolves. Um, but in saying that as well, uh, just my usual mantra, we are going to win the Premier League this season. You miss listen, yeah. <laughs> We're going to win the league. you got to say the listen, yeah. Otherwise, it's null and void. Listen. <laughs> listen, yeah. We're going to win the league. We're going to hit the league. Love it, love it, love the confidence. Thank you so much, Del. Right, um, it's just um, I don't think we have any callers. I mean, we do. Oh, we do, we do. Okay, this is fun. My God, usually when we win, we don't really have that many callers, which is pretty fucking frequent. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, joining us next, (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited. We'll get another caller done. Um, it is Mike Von Herth. Oh my God, I've not spoken to you in ages. How are you? How are you? Well, you know, what a weekend. 
Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, great times. And my um, today, obviously, the performance was tremendous. I thought we were uh, focused and we took them seriously in the first half. Um, and they're a much better team than they were uh, this time last year, for sure. Um, but I just uh, was just in so much control in the first half. But for me, the biggest aha um, about today's match was Allison's uh, return to form. Uh, I think that mm -hmm. was, um, I think when we look back on it, I think we'll see this as a turning point in his last two years. Um, pretty much since the winter break last year, um, I found him to be really off the boil. Uh, his footwork has been bad. His focus has been bad. He's been making the kinds of mistakes. Um, you know, he's still the best keeper in the world, but he's, um, but for the year and a half prior, he was racking up. He was probably double digits of points difference for us between, you know, if Minula had been in, in goal. Um, and today he looked to switch on. The save, you know, was, was not a great penalty, but Jorginho takes that penalty all the time. And so um, our man was, was ready for it. And actually the save uh, later on in the second half um, was superb. So I think we... Uh, I had some lingering concerns about his form, and today um, I saw something that um, was really, really encouraging long term. So um, I, you know, I think we're gonna we're gonna start off flying uh, this season. I mean, matches down, but I have a feeling that the momentum and the rhythm is back. Interesting um, uh, point of view there, and. Um... Kev, I'll, I'll come to you with this one because um, for me, Alison, like if I look back from the Champions League, of course, he picks up the injury against Norwich and then we Adrian comes in and he plays and, you know, we don't lose a game under him. And then Alison comes in and he looks pretty decent. I thought we looked a little shaky against when we lost to Watford. And then shortly after that, we went to Project Restart. Um, you know, we, we kind of disappeared from football and then obviously Project Restart, you know, Restart happened where we had to finish off the season. And, you know, you know he was making a bit, you know, he looked a bit suspect, but I thought everyone did. I felt like that was a really, really kind of unsettling time for everyone. I didn't feel like Liverpool were their usual selves. And the first game back, obviously, against Leeds, um, you know, um, he could have been a little better. We, I think on the show, we kind of criticised the, the back five in general. You know, it didn't look the best. Robertson, probably the best out of the lot. Uh, today, confidence booster made some good saves, saved a penalty. What I find absolutely fucking bizarre was the fact that this week people were calling him fat. He got body shamed. Um, it's just absolutely crazy. I mean, what do you make of um, the whole Alison, um, you know, overall chit chat? Um, I mean, if he's fat, I would love to be fat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> First off, but uh, yeah, I mean that's silly. Allison, we knew what we when we got him and we saw how good he was. We we knew you know we knew what he was going to do for the team, and it's good to hear from you, Mike. I haven't heard you from you in a long time, but he, he's he's right in that he was giving us you know tw you know double digit points possibly um, just bringing him in um, uh, to make the saves and just to be a controlled presence in the back. And he did look shaky after coming back from injury, but it, it wasn't anything huge. Um, but Nina, as you said, it, coming back on Project Restart was everybody was rough. Um, it's weird to think of a goalkeeper as kind of like a rhythm player because you don't really get into a rhythm in a goal. I mean, I've never played goalkeeper, but I don't feel like you get into a rhythm as a goalkeeper, especially with our team when you have very little to do with your hands, kind of thing, for a long time, and then you have to be the man in the moment. 
And actually, when he came back from project, when he came back into Project Restart, he just come back from an injury as well because he's out for the Athletic game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, I forgot all about that. But, I um, did as well. It just came to my head now. Yeah, so maybe he was just, you know, he's a slow starter from injury, which can happen. You know, the confidence isn't there and that sort of thing. And um, and I mean, last week was chaos. And I, I think we were, I was talking with uh, guy um after the game, and he, myself, and him both think that. Old, as we were saying, old Ali, old Ali saves one at least, maybe two of those um, in that absurd form he was in when he first joined us. Um, but, you know, and we got it done last week. And as Mike said, he looked really assured today. And that, you know, Tammy Abraham is no slouch. Like those shots go in. And, um, and and he made a good save there in the second half. And obviously the penalty, that'll do nothing but increase his com- uh, confidence. And I know uh, Lubo put in the chat that he is actually a better penalty saver um uh, has a better uh save conversion um than Minulay, even though Minulay is thought of as sort of a penalty stopper but he's still not it's still not one of his best attributes so it's nothing but great for him to to do that and i think i think as mike said he, he looked really assured today and hopefully he continues and maybe it's you know he's fully recovered from injury and now he has a, two games under his belt he has some confidence boosting saves and and he just goes from strength to strength but you know i got no problem with how he's played today. I got, I got no problem with Allison whatsoever and God, no, he's not fat. <laughs> yeah. Confirmed. And Kay, I'll come to you. What did you make of his performance today? And you know, when we kind of, and, and I think, you know, Mike was absolutely spot on saying, you know what? He, he looked a little bit suspect in certain games, but he was still by far the best goalkeeper. And that, you know, that kind of speaks volumes in terms of the player, but also if you kind of look through the league as well, like I'm going to be honest, like, I don't look at any goalkeeper and think you're great. You know, so yeah, he's, he's in, he's in the yeah. league of his own in that sense. Maybe, you know, Edison for Man City, you can argue, you know, people think he's great, but he's had some stinkers. You know, like there's nobody great. Brazil's number two. Yes. And that, <laughs> and that's it. When other keepers like have really bad bouts of form, it falls to shit, you know, it really gets bad. I mean, it's been interesting having to look at ratings week in, week out. You tend to have to focus, you have to isolate the performance that you've just seen. And that raises some interesting questions in terms of framework. And you know, the Mo Salah one, I think, is the one we're most familiar with in that what are you comparing his performance to? Because everybody looks at that 40-goal season and goes like, well, he's not as good as that season. Well, I don't know if anybody's getting there, you know, <laughs> you... So do you, uh, but he did have that season. So do you keep that as your benchmark or do you, do you develop a new benchmark? You know, and that, that's, I suppose, the interesting question. And with Allison, it, it was, it was all the, the, the same thing. We looked at the Leeds one and you go, okay, which other keeper in the league, you know, if they didn't save those shots, would we be going, oh, that's, you know, that's not, that's not great. You should have, you should have saved a cut of one or two of them or something like that. And, even though he got quite low ranking, it was still this. We kept on going back to the fact that we're actually just we're really rating him against the the as Kev says the old alley, you know the the one that is going to pull out these gigantic saves. So it's an interesting, it's a really really interesting uh, debate, and I, I love that you've brought up Nins that you know other keepers. I look at the De Gea's, I look at the Keppers, uh, the Pickfords, and whatnot of the league, and there's no real comparison. They have the great days but when it falls 
down, the the wheels totally come off. And if you know, when Allison has bad moments, he just falls down to like normal good levels, you know, earthly <laughs> levels of good keeping kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, um, it's not a bad patch, is it? Of good to bad. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's you know, yeah. You're right. I mean, the only person I can think of. So I, I am a fan of Hugo Lloris. Um, I think he's a very good keeper. But when he has a bad game, the wheels fall off. Like he looks below average, or he could be excellent. There's Psychologically like, affects him, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Where as as Kay says there, Ali has a bad game and he looks average. It's like okay, I'll take an average keeper if you're going to have a bad game. Um, but most of the time, he's good to great. So you know, he's still the best keeper in the league. I don't think there's any arguments there. So just one final point, um, his first season with us, I remember doing the math because, you know, kind of always doing a side-by-side comparison to the, to the former uh, occupant of the uh, holder of the shirt, um, whether it was Carius or whether it was, was Minulet. And I think I counted out by the time we hit Boxing Day's first season, he had been, the saves that he had made at Game State, obviously, you know, uh, this is a pretty naive analysis, but saves that he had made at critical points in the season were put him somewhere about plus 12 or 13 um, in terms of matches that would have been draws um, uh, that we ended up winning, but he made a critical save late in the game or uh, matches that we ended up drawing where we salvaged the point because of the save that he made. And most importantly, he didn't cost any points at that season. Last season, we didn't need him as much. He was injured for part of it. By the time he was kind of on, uh, in between six, he was, um, you know, he played he played well, played well for most of the season. Uh, it wasn't that sort of pivotal role. I think this we're going to need him back in the eighteen nineteen form, um, and so that's why I'm so encouraged by it because I think the league will obviously be tighter than last year, and so we need him to to pull out those uh, points here and there, um, and that's what I think sets him aside it's not just um his role on the on the side is not simply neutral it's he's he he actually gains his points because he drops shots that no one else does and um at pivotal moments as well so um all to the good um delighted this is one of our toughest ways of the season kind of feel like whenever we roll Mm -hmm. into Stanford bridge it's like when when man city rolls into anfield just they can't seem to get the rub of the green. Um, it's been pretty good there the last five, six years, and um, really, really glad to walk away with three points today and all the other positives to go with it. Good, good performance. And Fabinho, man on oh man, what a player. But anyway, <laughs> thanks, man. Absolute pleasure. Well, that was Mike Von Herf, um, a familiar voice for AI, if you were an old school listener. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, yeah, I mean, guys, I think with Alison, last season was so disruptive for so many reasons for him. You know, two injuries, a pandemic, you know, it wasn't as smooth as, you know, the, the season that Mike's talking about there. And his crucial saves, let's not forget, he, uh, you know, some of those saves won us the Champions League, you know? Uh, it is what it is. He's incredible. He's so good. Um, just so many um, world-class players in this team. Right, guys, I don't think we have any more callers. It's just myself, Kev and Kay. So what we're going to do is we're going to briefly just talk about things really, really quickly. And um, guys, uh, Kay, I'll come to you first. I mean, talk to me about the attack. I love this attack. And it reminds me so much of last season where 
you know, um, last season, uh, you know, two would be very, very great and one would just kind of chill out and relax a little. And we're seeing much of that this season as well. Last week, it was all about Mo Salah looking absolutely incredible. You know, Mo Salah's hunger was still there. The desire was still there in that game. But today, Sadio Mane was all about scoring the goals. Um, all three were involved in the first goal, which I thought was exceptional. But, I mean, just talk to me about the front three. I mean, they're deadly. It's so it's so bizarre that we we talk about these guys and they still sort of feel like the most underrated players in the prem. You know, like we we look at Mo and we say, oh, he's not had a good game today, or you know, we look at Sadio and he's guys oh, hasn't really been at the races, and instead not looking at the fact that these guys are literally like double triple marked because they're so damn dangerous. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's it's absolutely mesmeric to watch them. Um, so watching Sadio is one of my favorite things when he's absolutely on his game. He's half playmaker, half absolutely lethal goal scorer, and and he just he just takes our attack to another level. He's untouchable, unplayable on his day, but so is Mo. I mean, last week he looked like he could score any number of goals that he wanted to. He was just absolutely zinging around. And when when you don't put a number of attackers on him, he's going to absolutely run his defense. The only thing I think that people are a little bit worried about, and that's you know maybe something that will develop as we go along. But I suppose the the only one that that really is is uh, attracting some sort of uh, usual comments are is, is Firmino at the moment, and he's in particular his goal scoring extremely involved in our. Hakeem just and- chimed in here in the chat and said Bobby's turn next week. You know he likes to make Arsenal his little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be marvelous, actually. I, I, that, that would be so cool to to have them switching and and doing things. Is, you could imagine them doing it in the dressing room, like playing uh, rock paper scissors and going like, "No, this okay. This week is oh, Bobby's won it this week. Okay, Bobby, you <laughs> you take him apart this week. Next week is Mo again, and we'll start again and see how it happens. That would be that would be absolutely awesome. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's just Bobby's goal scoring because, like I say, so involved in the in the build up play, so involved in the press. But he has had better goal scoring seasons, and what uh, the only thing that sort of it doesn't even bother me. I would I wouldn't put it to that point, but it it's sort of what I some of the stuff I see from Bobby in terms of him being so unselfish in the box, you know, giving up a ball where he's in essentially the same position as as uh, Mo or Mane, so they could have the strike, even in some cases, midfielders. I just wish in those particular circumstances, he'd be a little bit more greedy and sort of uh, underline the threat that he carries. He's such a clever footballer. He makes so much space for everybody. Today, there was the one uh, who shot, but he, he, like, he literally rinsed somebody in midfield, um, got the ball through, had a little one-two and then a pass. I think it was Mo had the final shot or something like that. But he, he, it was all him. He did all of that. And he doesn't get enough credit for doing that kind of stuff. And the reason for that is we forget that when we, when we think about the game back and you know goals and assists and those kinds of things count. And Bobby isn't, isn't uh, pushing up those particular statistics and we kind of lose it in the analysis of the game and the focusing on the highlights. So that's the only thing. But we're absolutely blessed to have this level of attack. Um, to... to, to have that every single game coming into where everybody's so scared of making a mistake, applying pressure without actually doing anything, that's scary levels, scary good levels of uh, of ability and um, 
yeah, we, we, we must not forget, we must not take for granted that these three guys play for us and they do this week in, week out, scaring the absolute shit out of our opposition. So, yeah, I mean, you can't say enough about them. And I'm, I'm looking forward to Bobby doing it next week. Absolutely, yeah. Don't pit our kings against each other because I tell you what, all three, they, they, they function so beautifully together. Kev, I'm going to come to you. I mean, talk to me just about the front three and, you know, um, just how incredible they are, how hard they work. And, you know, today was, you know, Sadio Mane's day, you know, got gets a player sent off and, you know, left the player with no other option but to kind of rugby tackle him because he knew that he was in there and he is going to score. But, you know, Sadio Mane today, I mean, what I love is the fact that he's like a small guy, but, you know, powerful with the headers. And then, you know, um, the counter-pressing goal for the second, just incredible. You know, and you know, like we said, uh, the selfish, the selflessness of uh, Bobby Firmino, I think, just makes things tick. And uh, you know, and his uh, passing and his awareness of his players. But uh, I thought, for me as well, I thought Marcelo was, you know, he looked lively as well. Doesn't score, but it doesn't mean he's had a bad game. Same with Sadio Mane last week. Didn't score, but I didn't think he had a bad game. Right. Yeah, and I think Kay summed it up there that we shouldn't take it for granted. It should speak everything that one of our players scored a brace and we spent, you know, 40 minutes talking about a midfielder playing defense and a midfielder who came on for 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're excellent and they must be so exhausting to play against as a defender. You must leave this match, like, destroyed and just go right to bed afterwards because it is – the movement of these three guys, um, and it's not just that. So Bobby isn't the fastest player in the front three, but it, um, his intelligence in the movement drags players out of position. But then you got Mo, who's just lightning, and Mane, who's lightning, and both of them can change pace, like change direction, um, so fast that you just tie. You, they just tie defenders up in in knots and find the spaces they need. And not only that, but they play defense as well. So they're constantly pressing you, which gets you <laughs> gets them a second goal. And he's an, and Monty's an absurd that he's an aerial threat, but he, but he is, he's a little guy. He's shorter than me and I can't do what he does, but <laughs> even if it was put right on my head, um, he, he, they're, they're just excellent. And this entire team is excellent. And, um, yeah, they, they do this, as you guys said, week in and week out and the consistency, they can do it over multiple seasons now is, um, is remarkable. And I do have a little bit of concerns about Bobby at times. I thought he had a good game today. I thought his move was good. Um, sometimes he gets caught in two minds. Like there was that one that Mo flashed, I think it was Mo flashed across the goal. And I don't think if that was Mane in the box, he's running right for the back post and he may get there. And I think Bobby, I couldn't decide whether to come back to the penalty spot or uh, penalty spot or make that run. And it kind of just flashed in front of everybody. But um I think he made up for it by doing the assist, you know? I think yeah, goal involvement. That'll help Bobby a lot. Gags loves it when the front three are all involved in a goal. Like, honest to God, it's like a trigger response for me. The assist for Mo, the assist for Bobby and the goal for Sadio. And that's what what wins the game. That literally wins the game. You know, 1-0 would be enough here. And uh, and that was, uh, you cut them up and it's your front three doing it. I don't think there's anything more perfect. You know, I don't think think they'll all benefit from it. They'll all benefit from it. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I, I, I generally have my, a little bit of a concern about Bobby, but he does all the things. And, you know, and he, even when he's not having a, having a quote unquote bad game, he works so hard and he still mm-hmm. 
destroys defenses just by his work rate, even if it's not his, you know, skill on the ball, if he's having an off day or whatever. And, and these guys are going to kill you if you make a mistake and to have, to have, to have a defense be perfect every game against these guys, you're just not going to do it. And, you know, and that's why we win games and they score tons of goals and, and long may it continue, especially against Arsenal. Absolutely. You know what, you guys, you're keeping me busy. You know, I'm really hungry, but you're like, no, keeping me on a on 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 a liquid diet. I'm drinking green tea. We've got another caller um, joining me on this podcast again, familiar voice. Uh, co-host of the Desi podcast, the king of gifts. It's Harinder Singh, but we call him Baji. Welcome to the show. Angie, hello. How are you? I'm very happy. I'm very happy indeed because, well, my my neighbours will be crying for the rest of the week, if not the rest of the month, if not the rest of the year. I won't really care. Every time I'll go for a walk around here, I just take the piss out of them like I normally do. But leaving my nasty neighbours or noisy, lots of noisy neighbours aside for a second, I have a question for the panel. What do you think the difference was today in comparison to previous outings at Stamford Bridge? So let's take the last three seasons or so. In the last three seasons of going to the away match, um, irrespective of which competition we play play them in, Chelsea always make chances. And they always make chances down the wings and the channels. And they do it by opening up from midfield in regards to our midfielders, then coming down the sides and then getting balls in and all going through the middle. And they've been doing it season in, season out, match in, match out against our defence and our midfield or walking through them at times and creating guilt chances, brilliant chances. And they usually take them. If you remember the one against where Disturridge got the equaliser in the second half after coming off, mm-hmm. Chelsea were fantastic in that game against us. Even in the 2-1 last season where we, we cruised the first half, second half they came out with a bit between their teeth and it could have been a completely different scoreline. In the FA Cup, in the kind of match whereby we, like, we had a lion's share of possession in the ball and then, you know, they crucified us and it was always a blue. Shot Mr. Barkley, Ross Barkley scoring a goal. But today, let's leave it to when they were 11, against 11, first half. They had one. One, and even that was a ricochet of Fab, which fell nicely for Timo. But other than that, nothing. So what do you think the change is? Because similar kind of team, not like that... There hasn't been a change in personnel, really, in defence. You know, if anything, it was an, a negating element in respect to Fabinho, who's not a centre-back, going backwards. So what do the panel think was the difference today? Because it is a completely different team in that sense. Ah, but Pulisic hasn't always been there to do this for them. Actually, if I'm right, especially in the last one, he missed it. Um, similar to this one, he missed it. Yeah, if people are thinking, why did Harinda just randomly say um, Pulisic? But Gags is in the chat saying, um, Pulisic, they miss him. He's fucking ace. He troubled he us came every on time. Him. That's how they scored their goals in the last game. It was all him. He was just. No, but that was. I'm talking about around. the way. I'm not I'm talking about Stamford Bridge. Not oh, the Stamford Bridge. Yeah, yeah Stamford Bridge. Wasn't it a similar game though? It was very cagey, and it was just set piece goals last time. That's all it was. We we scored a free kick and a enough a free kick. Well, we the... scored like that, but if you remember the second half, they were like on us like a rush. It, it couldn't, you know, we, we we contained it to be 2-1, but they were very, very good second half. Season before that, they scored first, bastards, um, and nothing really went our way until Sturridge came off and scored a worldie. 
Roughly what time? Well, when when did we play them last year at Stanford Bridge? Can anyone remember the it month? Was, it was Surrey. Yeah, ball, wasn't it? They 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 did play good football, man. Under Surrey, it was they had their times. They had um, they were cutting us open with William as well, making runs in behind every two seconds. It was um, it was different. And plus, didn't we have Adrian in goal? Was it Adrian in goal for that one? Yep. So we oh. were probably a little bit, little bit, you know, we were a bit, a bit jittery with him in goal. Always, you know. Um, What's Frank? Pardon? That's the difference. It's Frank last season. Yeah, it's Frank. Frank's the difference. Yeah. Frank's the difference. It's, it's Sarri. They still play good football with Sarri, man. They still play good football. Yeah, Sarri was in charge when Sturridge scored the goal. Last season, it was Frank Lampard. And this oh, season, was it, it was Frank Frank, Lampard. Oh, it was all yes. Frank Lampard. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't? I mean, actually, Kev, I'm going to come to you with this one because what I kind of noticed last season was um, I remember Frank Lampard being held up as this revolutionary I'm going to give the youngsters a lot of chances and his kids to be fair started off really bright there was a lot of hunger about them a lot of desire it was almost like their chance to shine and I mean talk to me about what happened in this game because I think I think Harinda's right they didn't create an awful lot every time they tried to create something you know Fabinho was there they tried to kind of attack that side Fabinho was there to kind of snuff it out um do you think it could be a a nice little balance of between us looking really settled, like our team pretty much picks itself, and maybe them having a few new players who are kind of adapting and learning something? Yeah, I think I, it's probably, I mean, that, what you're talking about, and, and to back to Paji's question as well, it's probably a mix of a lot of things. So it's, yeah, it's new players coming in, and they have to integrate um, because they paid a bunch of money for them. Yeah, and, pressure's um, high. Yeah, so the pressure's high there. Um, so the kids are getting knocked back down again. Um, and I, I don't, I think Frank is a bit overrated as a manager. I didn't, wasn't mm-hmm. impressed with his Derby team. Um, but the, he did a lot for Chelsea as a club to play those kids and figure out actually how good they are. So I'll, I'll give him that because some of them are Premier League caliber and they should, you know, stay there or go somewhere else. Um, so it's that, it's the new players, it's Frank's, trying to figure out his best team and how to play them correctly and not having years of experience is also, there's no fans. Um, fan, I mean, it's, it's a way at Stanford bridge, but still it's that historically, at least since Roman has, has come in is a, is a bigger game for us. Um, you know, especially when Marino was there and I think it's just a lot. And today I don't think we give a shit who we play anymore. Um, <laughs> we just, we're going to beat everybody. And that's the, that's the mentality we have going in our, as you said, our 11, 12, 13 sort of is settled um, with, you know, with new additions being worked in as, as we go. And we're the champions. And who cares who, who they put out? Because we're going to beat you anyway. Um, in the past, it's kind of we needed a moment of brilliance, um, I think. Um, or, you know, from a set piece or, you know, as you said, the Sturge worldly kind of thing. And I don't think we need that anymore. We know we can wear down. Um, and I think it it goes to the mentality monsters thing and it goes to us being champions and having this aura about us now. I, I think Chelsea, for all their talent, and they are talented, have work to do. And I'm not sure Frank is the guy to do it. But yeah, I, I think it's different now. We kind of have the edge and we've won a bunch in a row against them and um and, and a Spot bunch of other teams. So I maintain that while Lampard's there they're not going to be a threat to Liverpool Football Club. They can bring Havertz in, they can bring Werner in, they can bring a keeper in. They will not be a threat to Liverpool Football Club. Or everybody was losing their shit when they were signing players and we were signing no one. 
we were still better than them without signing anybody. Yeah, I'm telling you that they'll now. win games. They'll win yeah. games. I don't think yeah. they'll beat us. Yeah, so. they were lucky to beat Brighton. Brighton were so far superior at times mm-hmm. in that game. Yeah. Defensively, Chelsea looked awful again. I'm so impressed with Brighton, by the way. Yeah. I just think um, they 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 really need to uh, they they really need to have a look at it. I think he's 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 he's, he's stacked with privilege, this lad um, Lampard. And at the end of the day, couldn't beat a Liverpool team with Fabian defence. And they got their, yeah. you know, they got they got Werner and stuff like that. I think like pa- that. Potter's more experienced than Frank. I think absolutely he's better, manager manager. Frank, yeah. better manager than Frank, mate. Better manager. We'll talk about we'll talk about Frank in a hot minute about his rants. That'll that'll be the final thing. I'm going to come to you, Kay, now. Kay, talk to me because I think the lads have made some really really good points. I think they're all fair shouts. Last, uh, I feel like we're a lot more mature and a lot more sensible in how we approach a game. We we have this ability to kind of kill out a game. Klopp does our players to kind of to kind of kill out the game as well, like bringing on like the Milners and like changing it up in, in that capacity. I mean, what do you think is the difference to us? I think Gags has hit the nail on the head as well. Like, you know, Frank Lampard's team is, it's a psychological edge. Like they are not going to scare us. And Kev just said, Liverpool are champions. I think that just changes your attitude and demeanour. I think that there's a, I think, I think- for me, Frank was intimidated. I thought he was intimidated before the game even started. I, I watched the Brighton game and I couldn't really believe what I was seeing because you have this Chelsea team with all these riches, everything at his disposal, and he plays essentially a counter-attacking side. Why, why would he do that? Why would he set up against Brighton to do that? And the reason was because he's going to play us the next week and he's sorting his team out for that game. He is making us the sole focus of all his preparations for all of preseason and all of the first game. He's built us up to such an extent that when um, when that defender sees Mane running in front of him, get it, boy, he goes, "I'm going to pull the guy down instead of letting him have a shot because that is a certain goal." You know, when when the keeper, when Kepa sees uh, Sadio Mane bearing down on him, he freaks out because the the spectre of Liverpool, I think, has been built up in these. In his players' heads, I I don't know if Frank is managing that situation very well, frankly. Um, <laughs> but he he just looks like he was too intimidated with us with that whole club spat nonsense that he's got. I I think the 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 press has bought into this um this facade of of Frank as this big returning player who knows what he's doing, who commands the respect, the pull of Frank Lampard in the transfer market. All that's been written, and I don't think I don't think they really feel that. I don't think Frank really feels that in Chelsea. And when you don't have the necessaries to build to, to to fill that gap, what you have to fill it up with is bravado, you know. And you can talk all you want, but you can sense that underlying nervousness. And when Liverpool are not making mistakes, when they're coming at you constantly, when they're not getting frustrated, when there's a sense about them that they know they are going to score at some point. I think that over the over the course of the game, we just weighed on them too much. And I, I think that's the big thing. They had all these plays at their disposal. I, I mean, if you look at it this way, do you think like Conte with that side would set up in the same way? I, like, I just can't see it. Do you think Sarri would do it? Do you think Mourinho would do it? You know, not to the same degree. They would be more effectual because they are better managers than Frank Lampard. Mm-hmm. I think he knows his, his, there's a bit of deficiency there and and he's just bigged up too much in the press and there's not enough necessary he doesn't have the necessaries to fill that gap I, I for me i think that was the biggest factor today in how chelsea approached the game yeah i think clubs uh, i think you're talking about 
Lampard, who might as just carry on. I think he's really got into his head. You know, that dance, like, did you see him at the beginning of the game? Like, he looked so sheepish and embarrassed to embrace Klopp. Klopp was looking at him like, you little shit. You know, like, Klopp's not going to say anything, but Klopp just looked at him like, you little dick. You know? No, to be fair, no, let's be fair. Lampard, before the game, like Klopp in his interview, said, I have the utmost amount of respect for Jurgen Klopp. This has been blown over. What happens in the game, like Klopp said, it happens in the game, you get blown over. There was nothing. They were actually having a laugh about it when they when they bumped fifth beforehand. Because they remember they would have met before in the um, they have to go to the referees' room before the game starts. Mm-hmm. So we see that on um, on the inside Anfield stuff. So that would have been happening at Sanford Bridge as well. They, honestly, it just gets blown over with the stuff afterwards. We all rant about it, but he's actually said that on TV. That I respect you. This is just yesterday or the day before. I respect Jurgen Klopp. Nobody. But he apologised straight so. after his rant at Anfield because he looked so stupid. But I know, but I think he was still. He was still. He's a. He's a sportsman. Remember, he's not just a manager, but he's been a very successful sportsman. And I hate Lampard. I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to be fair. But he. He was in the. He was in the heat of the moment, and afterwards he hugged Mane as well. He was still in the heat of the moment when the interview happens. It's literally like right after the game. But then but what, what's, he, what's he said today? What's he said today then? Oh, today, today he yeah. just said it was, he, he was just talking about the game today. So he's literally said nothing about Klopp today and he won't because Klopp didn't do anything. In fact, yeah. I don't know if you all read the story where the, the red card happened. Uh, the whole Liverpool players behind them jumped up and started cheering. Klopp turned around and said, shut up. That's not yeah, how we do things. I think Lampard would have appreciated that. Because again, that would have fueled fire and Lampard would have got hot again. And Klopp's like, I don't want that shit. I don't need this. I'm going to win the league anyway. I don't want to fucking have people hating me or uh, my team acting like dickheads. I'm going to win this league like we do it all the time by being good guys. We don't need the Mourinho be a dick and win the league. We're just too good. We're going to win the league by being amazing and mm. being gentlemanly. And producing a fucking cricket, <laughs> a gentlemanly conduct thing in, into football copies. But the only reason I said that is just, just let's just be fair. He does say he loves Klopp. Um, how can you not? You know, how can and he, he respects Klopp. How can you not? You know, he's achieved everything now in football as a club manager. There's nothing else left apart from doing it all again. You know, so yeah. Lampard's not stupid. Lampard's emotional and he's a bad manager at football, but he's not stupid. <laughs> I think it, it, the pressure's on Lampard now and that's the problem. Yeah. I think he's bought, team, Annie. He's bought. Money? Oh my God. Last season, it was like, oh, you know what? He didn't have a transfer window. They were banned. Yeah, he's playing exactly. kids. You know, he's revolutionized football. Look at these kids flourishing under him. You know, he's a bit of a darling. And I think Hakeem said it as well. And I think he put in an article in there as well. He, the, the man lives off privilege. He literally has no idea how privileged he is. Yeah. And I think, the, you know, as you said last season, he was a bit of a darling, which, you know, credit to him. The kids played well and he, he did do pretty well with what he had. And I mean, that's not to say he didn't have players because he did sitting behind some of these kids. But now they've spent a bomb and Roman is interested again. So now he's sitting on the throne with the sword over his head because at any moment he could be axed or somebody else. Cause that's what Roman is used to doing. Um, and it may get to him a little, so yeah, we'll see. But again, I think Frank with these players, not knowing his best 11, not knowing the best system. And we kind of coming in going, we can beat anybody in the league. It's a different ball game now. Hmm. 
before we close off? No? Okay. Um, Harinda, thank you so much for your call. No problems. Thank you very much, folks. Same it's time enough. next week or so, I think. Monday night. Monday. Monday night. It's the it's the Arsenal. We're playing we're, 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 we're playing time. we're playing the title favourites, people, right? <laughs> uh-huh. You know what? Completely non Chelsea related question. Why has Mikel Arteta got acrylic hair? <laughs> it does look He looks like a Lego man, doesn't he? I was gonna say that he looks a bit like a Lego man. <laughs> oh, oh, he looks like a Kendall. He's really, really like striking. So he's so like, yeah, his hair's so it doesn't move. What do you mean we're sprayed so on? Why are we so rude? I can appreciate people's <laughs> haircuts given the fact that I've never had one for the last forty something years or so, but there's just something wrong with his hair. There is. <laughs> you must have got some of that. There you go. Maybe he uses that canister stuff on Police Academy. You know that stiffens the armpits? Proctor and Harris. Remember when they, like, spray something under his armpits? And it just... I, I, <laughs> I don't know what it's Academy called. Reference? Yeah, I don't know what... Oh, maybe man. he uses something like that. I don't know. I need that hairspray. Anyway, um, we have gone on, on a mad tangent, and it's Harinda who fucking starts it. It has nothing to do with me. Guys, I mean, thank you so much, Harinda. A massive thank you to all our callers. You know what? Um, uh, I've got to get man of the match from you guys. So, um, Jason Toss came in there, said Fabinho's his man of the match. I think I also saw a really positive comment there from Mike Monherf. He said, last week we looked kind of threadbare and like this weekend we look competent in most of our positions, which is so strange. What kind of weekend have we had? So, um, guys, man of the match shouts, who and why? And Kay, I'll come to you first. I think there's two players that people, people will shout for. Yeah, yeah, I think for me, I got to give it to uh, Fabinho. He's just, you know, to, to come into the lineup um, and, and do what he's done to look after Werner the way that he did, uh, to, to just fit in so seamlessly and have such a commanding performance, allowing the team to do what they do, to just hike up the pressure on Chelsea continuously by denying chances that way. Um, and so, and as much as um, I'm, I'm looking around and there are a couple of other man of the match contenders. Uh, for me, it's just very difficult to look past Fabinho. That absolutely speaks volumes, considering you know whatever, what kind of game Sadio Mane had as well today. So you know, hats off to Fabinho to play in a position that isn't naturally his against an attacker that is very, very dangerous and ruthless. And what about yourself, Kev? I mean, we had a striker who scored a brace. We had a player come on and break a record and. In- Minutes and I'm going to give it to a different player. And I'm also going to agree that it's Fabinho today. He got thrown sort of out of position and, and he was excellent. And uh, yeah, there's not much more I can say about him. The, the guy's great. Yeah, I think lots of people yeah. are agreeing with us there. Go yeah, on. I'm giving it to Thiago. Don't care. I'm giving <laughs> it to Thiago because I'm going to lose anyway. Fabinho's getting it. But I'm just going to come and give it to Thiago because I got it. there's nobody else we're loving at the moment. This guy is. Uh, is the, the the game changer. The evolution of Liverpool begins now. And um, I hope everybody's ready for it because we're in for a f- fucking ride and a half this year, man. You can't get mad at that shout as well. 
can't get mad at Alison either. This is just so crazy, right? You can, there's a few players that you could actually literally give it to. I am myself going to give it to Fabinho for all the reasons that the lads have mentioned. But if you want to give it to Thiago, if you want to give it to Sadio Mane, if you want to give it to Alison, I'm absolutely fine with it. But guys, do let us know. Before I go, um, I'm going to get some plugs. Um, Kev, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, nope. What about your Twitter? <laughs> Yeah, Twitter at Kev Hegarty, although I've been taking a bit of a break. I keep coming back on to remind them. Um, but the uh yeah, I'm I'm in and out on there. Um, you know, stay locked into AI. I'm sure there'll be a USA podcast soon as soon as I can get Justin and Joey and Armando um on the phone. So yeah, stay tuned. Always worth listening to the AI USA podcast. It's incredible. And give Kev a follow. And Kay, you're a, you're a busy guy. Um, um, I'm really looking forward to the player ratings. I expect, you know, plus 10s all around, you know, uh, <laughs> no pressure. Um, <laughs> so um, tell people more about the work that you're doing and where can they find you on Twitter? Yeah, just so if you um, if you are so inclined, have a have a listen to my pod rate. Don't hate. I host it, um, and my panel is usually uh, Guy and Tadiwa. We have absolute fun every week, just looking at the ratings. We compare a bunch of media ratings to a subscriber ratings, and uh, obviously my panel have a rate as well. And it's it's really cool because what we do is we look at different frameworks of how people are rating. You know, this you can do it statistically. You can do it with the eye test. You can do it on big moments. You can do it on how wonderful each player's hair is <laughs> and so on and so forth. Um, and everything is valid. So we, we just love to have a talk, love to um, to open the discussion along all those things and just have a, have a, a really good laugh along the way. Um, it's a really fun pod. I'm, I'm really happy to be doing it. And um, yeah, so do give us a listen. On Twitter, my handle is the kiln. So it's uh, V-T-H-E underscore K-Y-L-N. Uh, you can find me there and obviously all my uh, plugs for the Rate Don't Hate podcast are on there too. Yes, absolutely. Give both of these guys a follow. Check out Rate Don't Hate. It's an excellent podcast. Fair down the line. I love the ratings. And Gags, um, where can people um, subscribe to AI Pro and stuff? Go on, you're good at gig. So first and foremost, if you love Tiago like I do and everybody else does here and every Liverpool fan does, Go and check out the Maestro collection on AnfieldIndex.shop. It's on the front page. Uh, AI Pro 10 is a 10% discount. Uh, go and uh, buy whatever you want. There's loads of stuff there. Uh, and um, if you want to join AI Pro, seven-day free trial, AnfieldIndex.com forward slash join. At the end of the day, all of the content, the magnificent content on the transfers have been there. There'll be a couple of off the walls out. I think there's one out for the Tiago Thursday one that we did. I think there will be some Wolves and uh, Portuguese expert ones coming out later in the week, uh, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, after we've done some pro stuff. Um, so, yeah, the, the, there'll be a taster, and uh, Eddie will be putting all the plugs on there as well. Make sure you listen to them. Uh, that's the type of shit we do, and we're getting so much praise for that content right now. It's been unbelievable. We've all worked really hard on there. Nina had the Bundesliga experts on, Chris and Manu Veth, um, and it's it's just been a, a weekend where it's been a joy it's been a joy. So if you can support us further by going in and subscribing, please do. There's always a bigger message than football, though. And um, <clears throat> if you can stay safe, please still do. Because that horrible thing is still out there. And it's, you know, it's causing a lot of trouble close to home as well. So make sure you stay safe. Wear a mask all the time. Okay. Yeah.
Absolutely. Uh, I think that's a really fitting way to end the podcast, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, stay safe, wear a mask, be respectful. Till next time, up the Reds. Podcast Network.